How are you? Oh, okay. <laughs> Just okay? Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. How was your turkey day? Uh, typical? Dance, monkey, dance. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? Oh, recovering, recovering from the turkey coma. Yeah, you have a lot of turkey. Yeah. Had a lot of turkey. Yeah. Still get a lot of turkey. <laughs> some mashed potatoes. I get some mashed potatoes. Yeah. Some uh, mac and cheese. Ooh, southern. Made, made some squash. Yeah. Uh. Some rolls. Oh, look at you. Gravy. Yeah. You're such a good pilgrim. I try. <laughs> I try. Did you wear your big hat with the buckle on it? No, but I wore the big shoes with the buckles. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. As long as you were wearing something. <laughs> Did you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day commercial for whatever the fuck they were trying to hawk this year? Yeah. I, I, I got up late, so I was able to watch a lot of it on fast forward. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't uh, understand the two hours of television before the parade technically starts. Right. Where it's literally, um, Al Roker on a motorcycle. Yes. High fiving people with this big, stupid helmet on. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're. You know, they've got all these people from all these NBC shows that are like, happy Thanksgiving or what they're thankful for for the last year or whatever. And then, like, you're exhausted from the television coverage. And then they're like, when we come back, the parade starts. And I was like, what the fuck have we been watching? Right. And it's like, oh, that's just the pre-show. It's like, why do we have to televise the pre-show? Yeah. Like, I feel like when I was a kid, it started at 10 o'clock. And it was at Macy's like, hey, we're going to kick this off with a band from, you know, East Jabib playing um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun or whatever the hell. And, you know, that's when all the shit started. But you have two hours of whatever nonsense before they even get there. And then it's two hours of, hey, here you go. And then, hey, stay tuned. There's a dog show on. Seems to be the way it runs. And after the dog show, then the parade's on again. Yeah, yeah, for another four hours. It's like, what the fuck, man? Well, I think the most useless thing is the CBS Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, I didn't even know they had one. Oh, yeah, but they're, like, down the block from Macy's. (laughs) And they they don't have contracts with any of the performers, so there's just, like, shots of them waving. (laughs) It's really horrible. It's like, why are you wasting our time? I did. I was interested to find out how quickly, and I didn't. I, I should have looked, but I didn't. How quickly the uh, the politicians on the right were calling for a boycott of NBC because Joe Biden called in the Al Roker. 
Ah, oh, Jesus. That's <laughs> fine. You know. We, we don't need them. Well, no, but, you know, anything to make their head spin, you know. We can't even enjoy a Thanksgiving parade with that, that guy getting on. And it was, you know, just like chill out, man. The weird thing, and I don't know if you saw that part, was um, I'm assuming that the Bidens had a TV that they were watching for some kind of interaction because there was like a firefighter clown or something that came up behind Al right before he talked to them. And like Biden actually mentions the firefighter. So I was like, oh, so this isn't some like weird pre-taped thing. This is an actual like live, however live they're doing it. So I just thought that that was kind of interesting because last year when they didn't have any crowds, they had an app where you could go and it was like at Macy's and it was like a a 360 camera that you could watch. Mm. And whatever you whatever was live on the app was not what was was going on on TV. So I thought that was a little interesting, but I guess they're back to live this year. So good for them. Yeah. Yep. I'd say that most of the performers on floats did not recognize. No. Several of them were billed as like TikTok stars. Yep. It's like, that's a thing. So apparently because my kid knew almost all of them, of course. And so that's exactly who they're, they're, they're making these for. They're not making them for us. We are not target audience for anything anymore. No, not at all. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, what's the big thing here? Oh, this dude got famous on TikTok. Okay. So that's, who's going to be on the floats. Right. But it's funny because none of them know how to prepare to like lip sync. No, that's something I noticed. It's like, Oh, you've never done this before. Have you? Nope. They're all late there. They start, they start it when they hear their own voices and you're like, Oh, okay. But like then they had, oh, what was the rock band? There was a rock band on a float, but it was like an old school rock band. Was that Moody Blues? I don't, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But they were like right on with like whatever they were doing. And it was like, see, it's, it's the experience that counts here. It's right. It, they make it at least look like they're live. Yeah. You know who have have lip syncing down to a science? Muppets. I was just gonna say, yep. <laughs> Sesame Street. Yep, that's it. Yeah, see, Sesame Street in the face of people bitching about the Asian Muppet and Big right. Bird getting his shot, put them right front and center and said, "Okay, fuck y'all, we don't care." Right. So good for them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what else are they gonna do with that float? They've got to bring the the Muppets with them. You don't gotta. Well, but, you know. You could turn it into something else. (laughs) It's too expensive. (sighs) Reuse the chassis. Especially when they, you know, they have to make balloons for that little kid that um, has a toy empire now, Ryan. Oh, God, yeah, him. Yeah. I mean... I, you know, say what you want about making your kids perform. That family has their marketing down to a fucking science. They've got, you know, they've got the people from the today show talking about your kid on Thanksgiving television. 
they all know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I just wonder how long it's going to take before, you know, that kid becomes a, a sociopath. <laughs> I'm sure he's already there. Yeah, that's sad. When you've got that much money and you're that young and you've got everybody saying what a great person you are, you're going to believe that hype and then you're going to going to turn into a little murderer. Yeah. Someday you'll find out that like he killed and ate his parents or something. <laughs> he still has one foot left in the freezer. That's right. I could see that. I could see that. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Have you started your holiday preparations? As far as what? I don't know. Yeah. Hanging lights, putting up the tree, wrapping presents. The tree is up. Slaughtering a goat. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting for Saturnalia to begin. Okay. Um, the tree is up because, um, there has to be a theme every year. Okay. And is this, is this your Encanto? No, it is, oh. um, the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter. Mm. And so the kid's a big Harry Potter fan. So it's a Harry Potter tree. Yeah. Um, the lights and stuff don't go up until next next weekend. Okay. Um, because that we celebrate Three Kings Day as part of oh yes the Hispanic tradition. The yes. lights don't come down until you know second week of January. So. Hmm. But haven't bought any presents or anything yet. No. No. I was informed that my family will be doing a Yankee swap with gift cards. Ooh, exciting. It's like, oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, so is there is there like a, like a limit? Is it like it's a $20 gift card? Uh, it's $50 and you do two 25s. So everybody's going to wind up with the same kind of gift card? Oh, uh, depends. <laughs> You know, there's more than just Amazon. Well, no, but I mean, like a Visa gift card is a Visa gift card, right? Right. So, you know, everybody just shows up. But it's a Yankee swap. So, you know, you may get, you know, a good card and somebody will take it from you. Or, you know, you might take the the ABC liquor one from somebody else. (laughs) It's going to be exciting. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. You'll have to report back as to what you actually got. Yes. Um, I got a gift card. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I got an Amazon gift card. That's all anybody brought. Because I can just see everybody sitting around and they open it and it's a $25 gift card to, or it's just a, a Visa $25 gift card and everybody opens them and they're all the same. And so <laughs> then what do you do? Like you swap for the fun of it? Here, let me take yeah. yours. Oh, I'll take yours. No, I'll take yours. No. <laughs> I mean, would your family do like, let's give John the the $25 gift cards to stuff up in Boston so that, you know, we have to take them because he can't use them? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I really don't know how it's going to (laughs) work. And apparently there's something involving a large ball of saran wrap. 
Okay. That's got stuff in it. <laughs> I I don't know, like I think it's lottery tickets and candy and yeah. stuff like that. And you've got like a certain amount of time mm. to unwrap as much as you can, and you keep whatever's in it, and then you know it goes to the next person. You guys should do like a a family squid game. <laughs> You know, nothing like getting killed at red light, green light, but like, you know, having to solve a puzzle in order to move on to the next one or something. Yeah, that wouldn't go over. No. No. (laughs) That would not go over. So, yeah, so I got lights up on the house. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You actually decorated for, for Christmas? Yeah. Oh wow. Outdoors. Outdoors. I don't. I don't think I'm going to do anything indoors. <laughs> but outdoors. Because I told you about my neighbors across the street at Halloween. Yeah. Well, they bought twice as many inflatables for Christmas. <laughs> that they are in the front yard and the backyard. Nice. And as a result, other people on the street have been decorating. Oh. So I figured, eh, what the hell. So did you put up one string of lights and then a sign that says, why bother with an arrow pointing to the, to your neighbor? Uh, no. <laughs> you should. No. I, uh, I put lights across the eaves. Yeah. And then I made a, a big, uh, garland that's over the, the front door. Oh, there you go. It's lovely. Okay. You can come by and watch it light up between dusk and dawn every day like clockwork does it play to like music does it flash and shit no no i should do that i should blare christmas music out there all night (laughs) there you go yeah look you've got the friends that could come over and make that shit happen oh i know and like just have them just have them show up on a weekend and then like surprise the neighbors with with you know shows at 8 10 and 12 be like (laughs) sorry it's set to it's set to go it's a midnight show sorry Right. But this year we're playing Skrillex, so you know, we're doing Christmas we're doing Christmas um dance music. It's it'll be great. Yes. Don't worry about it. It's the dubstep Christmas. There you go. DJ Scratchy Santa. Little bangerang. <laughs> yeah. I have no <clears throat> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no idea. Oh man. No idea. Is that a song? <clears throat> yes. It's Bangerang. A, it's, that's what, what Rufio says in in <laughs> Hook. It's a Skrillex song that's named after Hook, I believe. Yes. Oh, is it really? <clears throat> yes. Oh, okay. Yep. See, it pays to be old. Do you know reference. Do you know who Skrillex is? It's a DJ. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. In fact, I believe I've seen Skrillex before. <laughs> Oh, and your in your many raves that you've gone to? No, he was one of the celebrity acts for the grand opening of Expedition Everest at Animal Kingdom. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like up on a roof, and I don't think many people realized he was there because it just sounded like background music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Another brush brush with fame. (laughs) 
Yeah, we're we're at that point, right? Where where musical acts and shit just don't mean anything anymore. No, not at all. Yeah, my my kid is now all into anime. And yeah. So there's all of these like Japanese bands and like stuff that she she watches that t- just make my head spin. There's um there's a Japanese heavy metal band called Baby Metal. Okay. Which is three girls um who when they started were 10 years old. Okay. And they have a heavy metal backup band and um, one is a singer and then two kind of do backup singing, but they do these choreography dancing things mm. to like heavy metal music. And the band is really good. The The heavy metal band is, is like if they were doing solo albums of like instrumental music, I'd probably buy them. Okay. Um, but the you know the girls are singing in Japanese and you're not really sure what they're saying but they have these videos online where they're singing to like 20,000 people and all the people all the Japanese people know the songs they're doing the hand movements along with the with the two dancers and it's like wow okay it's got to be something to be 18 and be able to control a crowd of like 20,000 people are they all like 10 no, the, the the people in the crowd are like doing a mosh pit and shit. So it's like, you know, it's older people that hmm. that are supporting this band. I mean, good for them to be able to pull that crowd, but it's interesting. Yeah. And then last night the kid was like, I want you to hear my favorite band, Lovejoy. And I was like, okay. So I'm playing the song and I was like, it's The Cure, right? And she was like, what do you mean? I said, that sounds just like The Cure. So I played her a Cure song. And she was like, yeah, I can kind of see how that's the same. I said, okay. It's like, I am i don't get all the references, but I kind of understand the music a little bit. Yeah. What did you play for? Friday I'm in Love? No, I played Just Like <laughs> Heaven. Oh, okay. So, you know, whatever. Well, that's nice. Keeping your generation's music alive. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to somehow, you know, have a moment with the kid when it's it's not like when I was growing up and my dad didn't understand any of the music I listened to. I mean, at least the kid's got a fighting chance with like listening to heavy metal. (laughs) I can appreciate that. It's, you know. If she was listening to like Miley Cyrus or or Taylor Swift, there wouldn't be any connection there at all. No, no, you're not a Taylor Swift fan. No, really? Why not? Why would I be? I don't know. Again, I'm not the demographic. You're not. I'm a middle-aged white dude. I'm not a teenage girl, or you know, whatever. Her I bet fan there's a is. lot of middle-aged white dudes who listen to Taylor Swift. Really? I don't know. Okay. Speculating, <laughs> you know. Oh, so um, after the show last week, I I went and I watched Batwoman. Yeah. Um. I was sitting like like the way they like the way you died. <laughs> I was sitting there and I'm watching the beginning, and this dude is is turned into like a beehive or whatever. And it's yep. a it's a pudgy white guy with a beard and blue eyes. And I was like, are they trying to tell me something here? 
<laughs> and so, you know, it, it cuts to the lab and it's like the, the, uh, the victim's name is Chris Hayner and he was turned into a beehive, blah, blah, blah. And so I clipped it and I put it up on Facebook and really confused my father who was like, how did you get that in the show? And I said, I didn't get it in the show. It just appeared. <laughs> and so did he think you had friends who were connected? And... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. He thought, he thought I somehow was able to get my name onto the show. And first of all, he thought it was a movie. He was like, what movie is this? And I said, well, if you read the description, it says TV show, Batwoman. Um, but what I think it is, is there is another Chris Hainer who writes entertainment reviews for GameStop. And he is particularly hard on the CW shows. Oh, really? So I think that was the writer's room way of saying, fuck you to this one guy who just happens to share my name. (laughs) Because I went and I checked his Twitter for the day that that went out. And he was, he was bombarded with people like, did you see Batwoman? Did you see that they, they made you a victim? And he tried to play it off with like, oh, now I know that I'm I'm good looking enough to be on Batwoman and was kind of being a dick. And I was Mm. like, "Okay, he wrote something about Batwoman. And the writer's room said, "Okay, we're making you a victim. Because Chris Hayner is not the kind of name that comes out when you're spitballing names in a writer's room. That is that to me, it sounds like a purpose driven event mm-hmm. so I'm pretty sure that that's what's going on well I mean as soon as I become famous and you know write movies and stuff that I'm, I'm putting everybody who's pissed me off in there well yeah I mean you're gonna be a damn bloody movie when, when you're sitting there and you're coming up with that shit you're like okay who would I want to kill metaphorically on screen okay this person so it, it, it was kind of surreal though to, to hear my name as a victim of in a Batwoman yeah. TV show, but yeah, you know, whatever. Did you watch the whole episode or just your first I just, 10 minutes? I fame? just watched the 10 minutes. Oh, I, I'll right. be honest. I, I did that and I thought it was funny. And then I spent the next half hour, like clipping it and, and editing together the little video <laughs> and you know, nice. But yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting. Has it gotten any it better? No. No. Like I said, it was starting to get okay where they were doing like the freak of the week and like, you know, some villain's prop has been stolen and, right. you know, they weren't spending a lot of time on it now. But now um, the new Batwoman has found her birth mother who she thought was dead and she's like another high power uh CEO in the city and she's got a son who's about the same age as has Batwoman but he was hit on the head by by Joker's joy buzzer when he was a kid <laughs> and he hasn't been right ever since oh man okay so yeah it's going downhill Don't say that too loud. They'll make Dance Monkey Dance some kind of weird, like. Oh, have at it. <laughs> I look forward to it. 
that should be our new goal is to just write offensive things about CW superhero shows. So that we get put in it? Yes. Although we've said some pretty mean shit about CW shows. Maybe that maybe they were talking about us. Could be. Maybe they just picked me out first because I, you know, I'm the I'm the first one to talk. So maybe they were like, "All right, fuck this dude in particular." Yeah. Well, I mean, your last name does sound a little bit less uh unique than mine, so. Yeah, that's true. So there you go. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Have you watched anything else this week? We watched the first two episodes of Hawkeye. I did two twice. Oh, is is that because you were trying to like it or because you liked it? Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I I felt that I didn't pay enough attention the first time through. Okay. So I I watched it the second time through without any uh distractions. interruptions distractions okay. yes thank you okay yes so what what is your opinion i like it i i i like the fact that um hawkeye is struggling with with obviously ptsd and the loss of natasha and like not being able to watch the show that he's at right um I like the story so far. I feel like it, it. they're not forcing a lot of what's going on. Like a lot of it just seems to be natural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he happens to be in New York and he happens to see that the Ronin costume is there. And so he goes yep. to get it and then like, you know, hijinks ensue type thing. Um, the one thing that I don't like about the show is I feel like Kate Bishop is too competent at what she's doing. Yes. It, in her first fight scene, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they, they built up a lot of she's a karate champion and she's been called the best archer in the world and all this other shit. But when it comes to the fight scenes and her, like, breaking into help Hawkeye and stuff. I just feel like there needs to be more of like a, like a green version of her, like not as experienced, not as like, what's, what are they, what, what's the term? Is it Mary Sue? Is that what the the term is for like good at everything? Mary Sue. Yeah. Isn't that the, because that's what they, they weren't, when Star Wars came out, then Daisy really they kept saying that Ray was like, oh, a, yeah, actually it is. OK. A Mary Sue is usually good at everything she does, even if she's never done it before. Right. So I kind of feel like she's walking that line. Um, She's. They they only have six hours to tell this story and they need to make her competent enough to join the young Avengers whenever the fuck they do that. Right. But it would have been nice for her to struggle a little bit. I mean, in the second episode, when she has the sword fight with sword master or whatever the guy's name is, um, you can see that she's like totally competent with a sword too. And it's like, okay, like everything she touches is like, she's an expert at. So, 
I don't know. Um, I liked it. The action sequences are a lot smaller. Right. The world of the story so far is a lot smaller than we've seen in the past. Right. I I love the fact that it it picks up right after another movie. Okay. That all these these stories are so interconnected that it's like, you know, they're they're telling you it's like, yeah, it's a universe. You've seen this before. You've you've, you know, you've been made aware of it. Right. So, um yeah, I mean, I like it so far. And I I like the um I I know that there I guess Jeremy Renner has said that he doesn't want to be 50 and wearing tights. And that you know, they've they they're trying very hard to to get him out gracefully or whatever. Um, you should talk to Dave Batista. Yeah. Um but I f- like I do like that he's suffering. He's got a hearing aid now. Yep. And there's that line of like, what happened? And they show all this shit where he's like in all the explosions and stuff. And he's like, not really sure. Yeah. Like I, I thought that was really well done. And Mm -hmm. the way that they're, they're portraying his character is really well done. Him having to go to the, um, the LARPing thing. Yes. And like, he doesn't understand what the fuck's going on. And he's like, he's, he's walking through and he's like killing all these people. And he's like, he's like, give me the suit. And it's like, this is a dude that went on a killing spree after everybody got snapped. Right. And like, now he's having to LARP to get his costume back. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I like the way that they're writing him and what he's doing with it. I just feel like two episodes in, we should have seen Yelena and like all the stuff where like everything that was pointing that way like, are we going to say that for the last couple of episodes? Like, why are we dealing with the tracksuit mafia stuff? Yeah. I mean, and I know they, they had to introduce Echo, who is the, the girl at the end of episode two, who's getting her own spinoff. Um, and that she works for Kingpin. So she's tying into Spider-Man. And then they're saying that um, um, Vincent D'Onofrio might show up as Kingpin from mm. daredevil and stuff. And it's yep. like, okay, like that would be fucking awesome. And that would be amazing. I just thought we were getting a different story than this. Yeah. I thought it was Yelena going after Hawkeye and in, in order to keep his family safe, he's on the run and he just happens to bump into, you know, Kate Bishop. Right. But you know, I don't know. I think it's good. I think, I think it's still for like, the TV shows we've seen, I, I still think it's really good writing and it's really good production and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like seeing the battle of New York from a different vantage point. Yep. Um, and I like the idea that in that world, they would have turned it into a, a Broadway musical. I, I, I can't wait for the full thing. <laughs> Some Somebody's going to do it. They've already released the song they're doing. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, okay, that's going to be the next thing. Disney's going to announce that they're doing an Avengers Broadway show. And that's going to be one of the songs in it. That would be funny. 
<laughs> yeah. And I like the fact that like it was cheesy Broadway where it's like Iron Man isn't really in an Iron Man outfit. Right. He's just got like a shirt on that's got like an arc reactor on it. Yep. And then they like, I want to say like Loki doesn't look right. Like all of the people, it would have been really funny for Chris Evans to cameo as Captain America. Right. And that, I thought that would have been funny. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's got a really good humor to it that like Falcon and Winter Soldier was was very serious. Yeah. And like um but like where they're they're walking through Times Square and Kate Bishop goes, oh, "Look, it's a female you." And he's like, "That's Katniss." Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's Mommy, all the stuff a that I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just yes. growing up in New York where or around New York where I've seen all that kind of shit in person mm-hmm. that makes it funny. But like, you know, when, when you go to Times Square, there's a bunch of people dressed up and things that are begging for money. Right. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what you would have seen. Yeah. I'm surprised that his family hasn't been put in a jeopardy or at least not yet like it's immediately he realizes something's going on something's wrong so he he sends the kids home right that's like oh okay so that kind of removes uh potential victims well or does it are we going to get the end of the tracksuit mafia storyline next week in episode three and him call up saying he's coming home for Christmas and Yelena answer the phone saying I've got your family we need like like we what did you do with Natasha like you know Mm. and and split that off as like a second storyline interesting I just think at some point all of these Disney Plus shows are going to intersect. Well, I mean, with the Loki stuff and the and all the different um, universes and stuff, it, it has to at some point, right? I guess they're saying there was so in episode one there is a black auction of of artifacts from the Avengers compound. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a watch. Yes. And I guess the watch is supposed to represent, um, what's his name? Um, Kang the yes. Conqueror. No. Oh, it's okay. It's a Kang the Conqueror reference somehow. Okay. Um, and I can't remember. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, Um, let me see if it lists it on here. Um, t- 
Thanos was right. Uh, we talk about the dog. Pizza dog. Yeah. Uh, the entire reason the tracksuit Draculas are even at the auction in the first place. Apparently, it's another thing found in the ruins of a venture compound. Uh, Red face to watch definitely recalls Iron Man. Uh, oh, maybe they were thinking it's like one of the Iron Man things. I I had seen something though where they said that that was a Kang the Conqueror reference to like time and something okay. something else that was happening and it was like okay uh there are a few main numbers oh i guess the lot numbers have to do with him too lot number 268 relates to a big kang issue avengers 268 is the issue about kang and his time palace in limbo which was essentially seen in the final episode of loki so seeing that this is an auction lot that is for a mysterious watch and the number is 268. We're calling this an Easter egg. But see, that's all deep cut like comic book shit that if you're not a, a, a like a reader of the comics, you're never going to know that. Because my first thought was um, wh- wh- who's the watch belong to? And they never tell you. Right. Only that, like, the, the tracksuit guys are there for it. I don't know. Well, I mean, there was Tony's watch that kind of turns into the gauntlet. Right. Right, and maybe they're trying to get Stark Tech or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, now that he's dead, you know, I'm sure Pepper didn't continue making weapons. No? No. She might have. (laughs) Out of vengeance. Out of vengeance, yeah. Yes. But they defeated the big bad. They did. They showed the bad guys what would happen. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it, it so far so good. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's definitely a different tone than what we've seen before. We'll see if the, if like I said, if if the world opens up a little bit more. Yeah, and and I think that they have a hard job of like six episodes. They need to tell this story, and they need to set up Young Avengers or whatever. So it's 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 a lot to do in a short amount of time. And so the the theory is that they they released the first two on the same week so that they could fit Star Wars into this year on Disney Plus. The 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 whole thought process of this just boggles my mind of like why Disney can't release two shows on the same day. It's a streaming service. It's not like people are only going to watch one. But are they? 
what, so so if a Star Wars show and a Marvel show came out and you wanted to watch them both, you wouldn't watch them one after the other. Exactly. Right. So I don't I don't understand the Disney thinking of like we can only re- release one new show at a time. Oh, it's some idiot in marketing. <clears throat> that shit kills me. So, you know, I'm I would like to think that they release two to to set up. You know, this is act one of a three act structure. Okay. And so you get these two that are act one, the next two that are act two and the next, the last two that are act three. Right. And that they just put the two out so that you could get a real feel for the show. Yeah. But uh, again, it's Disney. So who knows? So I don't know. I, it's nice to see that like they're not because a lot of people think that like Hawkeye is like one of the more useless Avengers or whatever. I, I would agree. Well, but it's nice that they're taking him seriously. And like, you know, when, when, um, when he gets hurt and he says, I got to go get some supplies, he's going to get band-aids. Right. Because he doesn't bounce back. He's he's not a superhero. He is just a guy who has really good vision. And he's reflexes. Just a guy nice. standing in front of a girl. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh yeah. Are you gonna watch the the um Beatles documentary? I'm kind of intrigued by it. Um uh, I will say that I was never really a Beatles fan. So. Well, I mean, they were already broken up by the time you came around. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what is, is it, is it about like them breaking up or is it? Um, I believe it was, or is footage from, uh, the recording of uh, which album was it? Let it be. Okay. And this is kind of the aftermath of John deciding he was going to quit. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, George Harrison quit first, and then. Lennon decided that he was going to quit. Um, but from what I've seen, it doesn't sound like there was like any animosity recording this album, that they were still, you know, friends and getting along. And I don't know. I thought, I thought it's interesting. It was, didn't like John call them all together at like some room at Disney and say, I think we should split up. Um, Wasn't that always the story? That's always the story. Something like that. Um, I don't think they were all there. Okay. But yeah, I think they were at the Polynesian Hotel. Yeah. Because there was always those, like the two big stories about Disney hotels is the Beatles broke up at one and Nixon resigned at the other or something. Right. The Beatles. 
My mother was a huge Beatles um, uh, fan. Lennon signed the contract to leave the Beatles at the Polynesian Village Hotel. Okay. At 19, in 1974, oh. December 29th. Happy fucking New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just going into this next year, I really think that maybe we just sh- shouldn't be fucking together anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Beatles were like one of those on-again, off-again kind of bands. Oh, were they? Yeah. Okay. So it, uh, Ringo left and uh, George left, but they were going to come back. Oh. So, and then John left. But in 1970, Paul said he was quitting the band. So, was it just a, a, a you know, a publicity thing? But that's not the real Paul McCartney. The real one died in a car accident. No, that's Angela Lansbury's alter ego. <laughs> no, that's we've talked about this before. The the fake. The fake um, Paul McCartney? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the way that it has them listed on Wikipedia, the principal members is that John Lennon is to 1969, Paul McCartney, Harrison, and Starr are until 1970. Yeah. So this documentary takes place after this no it takes place during the the recording of let it be which is when they were kind of all breaking up oh okay yeah wow there you have it rock and roll history baby yeah all because of that bitch yoko ono (laughs) was she really the reason though i mean i know like she was hanging on and shit but like well i mean i think get to a point where you want to start to break off and do your own stuff that you're, you know, you've got one type of project that comes with being a Beatle, but you've got so many different things you could do as John Lennon. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I just think it was a natural progression of how the industry works. You know, I mean, it's not like kiss where they replace everybody every few years to, uh, pick up a Vegas gig for, uh, Gene Simmons. Well, and with the with the makeup, who's who could really tell? Right. And I think that's the point. I mean, again, I wasn't around. I was. Uh, I wouldn't even be born for four more years after their breakup. But, um, you know, the way that that I had always heard it growing up was that um, John and Paul were the main people right and that like while George Harrison was an important part like if he had left the Beatles would have just gone on with the same kind of music like it was it was McCartney and Lennon that were writing the songs that were making the hits Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing some interview with Paul McCartney where he would say um they'd start to write a song and they'd be like, what kind of song do you want to write? And, and McCartney would say, well, I need to get a new swimming pool. So let's write a hit so that I can afford a swimming pool. 
and they would write something and like it would be a huge hit and like that's where they were mentally is like right you know and at that point like you start to have to like do other shit like you're right Mm -hmm. like there are there's artistic things that you want to do as an artist that like might not jive with the other people right I mean Ringo went on to be like Mr. Conductor for um Oh, what was that TV show? Thomas, Thomas Train? Ta- yeah, Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a career afterwards. Paul yeah. McCartney had wings. He did. Yeah. And his solo career after that. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they all found success. Well, except for John Lennon. Well, he found Yoko. <laughs> well, and then he found that dude in the park, and then, you know. Yeah, it's all all done after that. But that was still twenty years after he had signed the uh, the release papers. Yeah. But they were one of those bands that never did a reunion. So that it was kind of like people saying, "It's like, oh, they you know they hate each other. They're not. They're never going to get back together. How much money would it take?" Well, didn't. They obviously never got back together with John after, he, you know, he died. But right. wasn't, didn't they, didn't they do a show together somewhere? Like the three of them? The three survivors? Uh, They did. Okay. They did a little medley somewhere. Okay. It was at Friar Park. Okay. Because I thought I had seen like footage of that somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the footage of them at like, you know, Shea Stadium playing to millions of women and screaming and like you can't even hear them. Right. But I mean, I I do think it would have been interesting to have been around for the height of that. The height of Beatles mania? Yeah. Yeah, because my mom, my when my mom was alive, she always used to talk about like um, getting on a bus and going down to Newark at like six o'clock in the morning in order to get the new Beatles album and like stand in line with all the other people just to get the album. And like, I can't imagine doing that. Yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah, it it would have been interesting to have seen it like like firsthand. Cause I don't think there's anybody like that now. And now that all the shit is different, like delivery of music and right. Yeah. You know, it just comes out and you download it. But I mean, even, even when I was back buying cassettes and albums and shit, I can't think of anybody that I would have waited in line to get their album for. No, no. Okay. You you didn't wait in line for the new O-Town album? <laughs> no. No? No. Well, I mean, Genesis reunited and is doing a tour. Yeah, we talked about the... The, the drummer. The poor, the poor shape that uh, Phil Collins is in. Yeah. Poor guy. Um... 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, there was a little bit of a band reunion on, I think it was the American Music Awards last week. Okay. They they did a segment called the Battle for Boston. Oh, okay. And it was uh, New Kids on the Block, the, the whole band, and the new edition oh. with Bobby Brown. Really? Yes. Huh. Okay. It, it it was very interesting. It was kind of fun to see them, you know, at 50, 60 years old, still trying to do the dance moves. And I'm like looking at new kids on the block going, wow, like they all got fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was kind of cool. And this is before that other show that they're doing, right? That we talked about last yes, week? Yes, the Christmas one. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Uh, how do we go from the Beatles to boy bands? Like that's that's such a weird uh, you know, leap in American music. No, it's not. The Beatles were the original boy band. Yeah, but at least they were playing instruments. Oh yeah. You know when you get to New Kids on the Block, I New Kids was the first major group, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So like by the time you get to them, like they're not they're just like dancing on stage and shit. It's just a weird, like, metamorphosis into the boy band thing. Well, it's all very Milli Vanilli. Yeah. I mean, at least these kids sang. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But how many New Kids on the Block songs can you name as opposed to how many Beatles songs can you name? Uh... Not many. <laughs> hey Jude, Michelle, Norwegian Wood, Get Back, Back in the USSR. Uh, what else? Sergeant Peppers. Oh, all, all Sergeant Peppers. Yeah. Um, they recorded "Till There Was You" from the movie "The Music Man" on one of their early albums. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think that the Beatles is probably still up there as an iconic example of a successful band. Right. You know, I'd say with, with the Eagles, with the Rolling Stones, with the Beach Boys, you know, they're all very similar. Yeah, I could see that. And see, those are all bands that I could never get into. Yeah. Who could you get into? Well, I mean, when I was growing up, it was all like hair metal and then... Striper? There was... Okay, so there was a, a, a point when... So, hey kids, listen to this story. Um, there was a, a musical... What's the word? There was a group of parents that were very concerned about heavy metal called the PMRC. Yes, led by Al Gore's wife. Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore. And yep. so Tipper. they put these these warning labels on albums. And at yep. the height of that, my parents knew that I wasn't going to like shift over to Duran Duran like my sister did. Uh-huh. 
Um, so they said, okay, if you want to listen to heavy metal, you can listen to this. And they gave me a striper album. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's one of the reasons I'm an atheist today, but, um, you know, it's all God rock and shit mm-hmm. like that. And, but like, I basically went from like hair metal, like Motley Crue and Def Leppard to like Metallica and Anthrax and um, bands like that. Okay. And to this day, I'm, you know, if it pukes distortion guitars, I usually like listening to it. <laughs> okay. You know, I think my parents, well, originally my parents thought that I was going to start worshiping the devil because that was a big thing back then. Um, and when that didn't happen, then it was like, oh, he just likes all these, like, maybe he's going to become too aggressive and like heavy metal music has the exact opposite on me. It like chills me out. Okay. So, you know, don't always believe what parents are saying, kids, because it's not, it's not necessarily true. That's right. Parents just don't understand. That's right. There is definitely truth to that. Yeah. But I think that's true of every generation. Absolutely. You know, I mean, now you're a father, yep. so you know, you're you're going through that again. Yep. <laughs> and someday you'll get your revenge and it will happen to her. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm still around. So, if you're still around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what did you listen to growing up? I had a very sheltered childhood. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm serious. I remember listening to my dad's old LPs, um, Arthur Fiedler and the Boston Pops and a lot of weird stuff. Um, The big thrill as a kid um, was when my parents would go to the Knights of Columbus dance and my grandmother would babysit and we would stay up and watch Lawrence Welk. Ooh. So it's like, I know all of these old songs from the American songbook, you know, back forties, fifties, <laughs> early sixties. Uh, my first concert was Neil Sedaka. Oh, followed by Anne Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. I was wild. I was wild, wild kid. That's funny. So, yeah, I had a very sheltered childhood. <laughs> Who was your first mainstream, like... Billy Joel. Billy Joel, okay. Yep. Who was also very safe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was never into anything controversial. Okay, fair enough. Just had no 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 interest. None of that sparked my interest. No. Um, I remember one of my first forty uh, fives was "The Night Chicago Died" by Paper Lace. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And and my aunt. I uh, had a friend who worked for a record store, so she was always getting all of these albums, you know, free, um, promo albums from her. So I remember listening to, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Three Dog Nights, and 
Motown and all that stuff. Nice. So, yeah. Speaking of music, did you see who died this week? Stephen Sondheim? Yeah. Yeah. Died in 91, so he lived a good long life. He did. He did. Um, lyricist for people for for shows such as West Side Story, Gypsy, um, Sweeney Todd. Yep. Like he he's done a lot. Did he he did the Dick Tracy movie with he Madonna? Did. Yep. Wrote a song for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very very influential composer the lights on broadway are a little dimmer they are but you know. they are but of course lin-manuel miranda was out there to pay tribute last night in times square <laughs> like all right well apparently like according to his wikipedia page um sondheim approached lin-manuel miranda to work with him um in translating west side story yeah. Um, and then Miranda approached Sondheim for Hamilton. And he said, no. <laughs> well, he apparently Sondheim gave him notes on it. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Um, although I've Sondheim, got some notes too. Sondheim was originally wary of the project, saying he was worried that an evening of rap might be monotonous. However, Sondheim, I, would, I, would, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> However, Sondheim believed Miranda's attention to and respect for a good rhyming made it work. Oh, okay. So he respected he respected Miranda at the end. Okay, well that's nice. So that 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 you know him being out there giving homage to him, I guess, works. Okay. If so, you insist. I, I hey. I mean, I'll be honest. I only know a couple of these musicals. Right. Um, I'm I not... mean, he was no Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> but still. I mean, the only reason I, I know Sweeney Todd is from the movie. Right. To be honest. Which was not the best representation. No. Or, you know, as we've discussed before, like Harry Potter 3.0. Uh, yeah. We're going to get all these Harry Potter people to be in it. Don't worry about it. Be great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I guess he's not going to make the premiere of um, Spielberg's version of West Side Story. No. He'll be there in spirit. That's right. Although it would be kind of funny if something goes wrong with the film during the premiere. Like, oh, Sondheim's <laughs> angry. <laughs> oh, no, you've fingered him. There you go. <clears throat> oh, poor, poor Stephen. But, you know, 91 is a good long. That's a really good long haul. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if I want to live to 91. Why? Why? Why wouldn't you? Because you're kind of... I don't know. You're still alive. You're still I mean, I'm falling apart now, so... 
Well, <laughs> can't imagine what it's going to be in 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have that longevity on my family, so. Well, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> be at a home sometime listening to Beatles songs. You'll be like, you know, when I was young. Solve that bitch, Yoko. You'll you'll be flipping channels, uh, trying to go like six hundred channels, trying to find the Lawrence Welk show. Yep. Be like, I, I know it's just, on. It just look up PBS. It's always <laughs> on PBS. That and the old brick comes. There you go. Already being served. What's the one with hyacinth? Um, I don't know. Oh. Call the midwife. <laughs> Faulty Towers. Loved Faulty Towers. <laughs> oh my god. Faulty Towers is the funniest television you will ever watch. John Cleese is a genius. <laughs> and it was the basis for Newhart. Yes. Among other things. Because there's no there's no original ideas in America. Well, I mean, it was remade with B. Arthur. It was remade with John Larroquette. <laughs> and I want to say there was another one with, like, one of the Wayans brothers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And if you watch, if you find the B. Arthur one or the John Larroquette one on YouTube and watch it, and then watch the same episode of Faulty Towers, and it's like, it's almost an exact copy. Well, yeah. You know, there's one episode where uh, somebody dies at the hotel on the day that I think it's a restaurant critic is coming to review the restaurant. Okay. And there's this whole farce about them trying to, like, move the body out of the room and it's just hilarious. You need to watch it. <laughs> if there's it, I would recommend watching Faulty Towers, and I recommend watching Black Adder. Black Adder with Rowan Atkinson is hilarious. Okay. Um, did multiple seasons. There was, you know, there was the the one where they were in medieval times. It goes all the way up to World War One. They did Black Adder Christmas Carol. Hugh Laurie is in it from House. Oh, yeah. Because they were, weren't they like partners? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny British people. <laughs> Check it out. But like British humor, I think, is an acquired taste. Especially um, for Americans. I think the physical stuff is easier. Yeah. Yeah, British humor can be very dry. <clears throat> and so some of it, I, yeah. I think a lot of I think a lot of people get turned off by that, especially in America because it's not make me laugh, ha ha ha. Right. You know, it's actually like intelligent comedy. Right. For, for some. Yeah. Did you ever flip by like are you being served and watch it for a few minutes the one that takes place in the department store possibly with Mrs. Slocum had like the big blue beehive 
it sounds it kind of sounds familiar yeah yeah they tried to do a u.s version of that years ago called beans of boston oh and all the characters were the same um mrs garrett played mrs slocum okay um there was a flamboyant character um that i don't think they ever came out and said that this person was gay but it was gay <laughs> <laughs> and it was played by alan Suze from laugh-in okay i don't know if you remember him kind of yeah so anyway yeah they're all they're all you know they're entertaining <laughs> there's nothing else on i'm sure you can find it i'm sure i could you could there is a um there is a um thread on reddit right now of what celebrity has the most punchable face would you like to take a guess at who the top one is paul red no is it an actor or is it a celebrity uh, both. <laughs> okay. Who has the most punchable face? Yes. <sighs> My vote would be Justin Bieber. Uh, the top, the top one is James Corden. James. Oh, Corden. Yes. Yeah, yeah I can see that. <laughs> he, he's outlived his career. Yes. Yep. Yep. The, I guess I guess they announced a Wicked movie. Yes. And so all the people went and made a petition to not put him in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that must make you feel good. Yeah. Well, I mean, so one of the one of the the links in here is the James Corden did a, a, a Reddit has a thing called Ask Me Anything. They're called AMAs. Mm-hmm. And I guess James Corden did one three years ago. Yeah. And so. The very top of the heap is, hey, James, you won't remember me, but me and my friends sat at a table next to you and Harry Styles, plus some others in Manchurian Legends in London's Chinatown about six years ago. We didn't bother you, but you were a massively entitled cunt who yelled and treated the waitstaff like shit. And when one of my party <laughs> politely suggested you calm down, you got really aggressive and threatened in a chubby way like a boozy panda. <laughs> so, so my question is why did Harry seem so cool while you were such a massive massive throbbing bell end and then he wouldn't answer it <laughs> uh, uh, uh. that's funny uh, that is funny I mean it, it's always amazing when, when they put these um, they, they make these people do AMAs and they are like the most hated people on the planet thinking it's going to be a good idea right like I'm sure th- did you ever watch that um Tiger King show that was on Netflix? No. No. Well, one of the women on there, Carol Baskin, uh-huh, whose husband disappeared. Yes. They made her do an AMA like recently. They made her or she asked well, to do it. Well, I do you think, think they're actively pursuing Carol Baskin. I think what it was is like the um the the social media machine says okay you need to do so many of this so many of this we'll get you on reddit to to answer questions in an ama and then we're going to do this and so like 
the AMAs now, instead of just popping up, they're like, hey, this person's going to answer questions from this time to this time. So get your questions ready. So and naturally, the first one was, did you kill your husband? And then the next one was, if you didn't kill your husband, what do you think happened to him? And so she didn't answer the first one. She answered the second one and lays out this whole thing about um, it. She she apparently this dude was into like experimental aircraft and she feels that like he went on a flight and didn't file any kind of flight plan with the with the FAA and then went down and, and was lost somewhere in like the ocean. Really? And so the very next the very next thing is like, wow, that sounds really rehearsed. And it's like, you don't put these people on Reddit because Reddit is full of snarky ass people that are yes. just going to rip you apart. Yes. So, yeah. Those but are not us. We love, we love Reddit. We love all the Redditors. Well, I, I like some of them. <laughs> I'm not going to say, say I love them all, but. Okay. It is a really good place to find funny stories, though. Yes, it is. Like they had one. Here's one I actually saved. Um End times preacher Sharon Gilbert. Have you ever heard of her? No. Okay. Well, she says that an alien imitated her husband and then tried to have sex with her. And then Jesus got involved. And then the alien turned out to be a reptile with a posse of gargoyles. That is a real thing that she talks about in some kind of, um, like online, you pay 65 bucks to get a videotape from her. Mm, videotape yeah not an mp40 or mailbox no well i mean nowadays there's no limit to crazy no and speaking of that the the one that i saved just two days ago because i wanted to bring it up Mm -hmm. the title is female passenger reportedly breastfeeds cat on delta flight (laughs) what's wrong with that so most pet owners will go to great lengths to care for their pets when it comes to people and their pets the question often isn't what you do for them but what you wouldn't do for one american Mm. airline passenger the latter doesn't seem to include breastfeeding a screenshot has gone viral of what looks like a pilot messaging system that suggests a passenger on Delta Flight DL-1360 to Atlanta began breastfeeding her cat and refused to stop despite re- repeated requests from the crew. <laughs> so so there's a picture and it says, um, passenger in 13A is breastfeeding a cat and will not put cat back in its carrier. Um... They allow cats on planes as as emotional support animals. Yeah, I would have to sue because I'm deathly allergic to cats. <laughs> uh, so so apparently Delta has tightened regulations regarding emotional support animals over the last few years after experiencing an 84 percent increase in incidents. However, unlike this case, it usually is just the animal acting up. Passengers are still allowed to bring small dogs and cats in the cabin, but they must stay in in a kennel under the seat in front for the entire flight. Yeah, they don't enforce that. No. I've been on a flight where this bitch had two big fucking dogs. (laughs) So the phrase emotionally supportive has been interpreted broadly over the years. And in a statement, Delta has said, 
that they have seen comfort turkeys, gliding possums, snakes, spiders, and more being taken on the plane. That's just ludicrous. <laughs> Although I, 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 I don't know if you were still at that place we used to work at, but one day there was an emotional short emotion, an emotional support pony. No, I wasn't there. Oh yeah. What are the logistics of bringing a pony into a place like that? Well, if you've got a good size SUV, it's pretty easy. So I, I guess. And were they riding the pony or was the pony just walking <laughs> no. with them? It was just walking with them. What the? Making sure they didn't have a stroke or pass out or <laughs> have a heart attack or whatever it is they were there for. Okay. But, um, yeah. People so, be crazy. So we're going to go watch this stage show. Do they... And my donkey is going to sit where the wheelchair usually goes. <laughs> Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. I mean it's it's just an excuse for people to to have their fucking animal with them. Mhm. Wow. I want to be entitled, Chris. <laughs> I really do. Do you? Are you sure? Yes, I do. I would like to be entitled. Okay. Maybe I'll get an emotional support goat. <laughs> I want one of those fainting goats. There you go. Oh, that'd be great. So that you can scream at them and they just fall over? No, I want the screaming goat. I think that would be wonderful on a long flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have a newborn. Well, look what I got. <laughs> and it's screaming and people are telling you to shut up. It calms me. All right. It's, emo yeah, it's an right? emotional support goat. Leave me alone. Right. Yes. That's funny. Yeah, people are fucked up, man. Yeah, they are. Oh. What are we going to do with this world, man? I I hope the next one's better. Mm. Once this one gets cleaned out, <laughs> once Omicron takes over. Yeah, well, it's coming. It is. Don't go to South Africa. So I just got my booster shot. I'm wondering yeah. whether or not I'm now going to have to get an Omicron shot at some point. Maybe. <sighs> Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I went I went to get my my booster shot. Um, I made an appointment online. And it was the same place that I got my other two shots. And when, when I was there the last time. The idea of the appointment is just to hold your spot, but you can show up on an hour on either side of it. They, okay. they don't care as long as you're coming to get your shot. Right. So I showed up an hour early because I was like, well, fuck it. I was literally the only person there. Really? Yeah. And they, they, she, the, the woman who checked me in said, you have your choice of which nurse you want to give you the shot. And I was like, oh. Jesus Christ. But in talking with them, it was a school day and she okay. said, she said, you know, on the weekends when we we're here, there's a two and a half, three hour line because especially with the, the pediatric shots, because parents are wanting to get their kids vaccinated. And I was like, well, at least that's a good sign. Yeah. 
I mean, especially in South South Carolina, I feel like that at least that's something. Right. You know. And then I made the mistake of the very next day going to get my flu shot. Mm-hmm. In the other arm. Um, just because, you know, I wanted to mix it up. Sure. And felt like absolute shit. Really? And I don't know whether or not it was just the combination of both so close to each other. But headache felt like I was nauseous. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to be curled up in a ball over here and if anybody needs me. Yeah. It was only a day, though. Oh, that's not bad. But now I'm protected from everything. You think. Except for Omicron. There you go. And after Omicron, there'll be something else, and then something else. I mean, Omicron sounds way more threatening than Delta. Yeah. I mean, I know they have to go, you know, in order, but... So we're already already up to O? (laughs) No, it's based on the Greek alphabet. Oh. And... That is not. That's a phonetic alphabet. What the fuck? What What is with you, Google? <laughs> like seriously. Um, alpha, beta, gamma, delta. So they say that they only. They only name the ones that are really threatening. Okay. So after delta is epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, iota, kappa, lambda. Mu, Nu, Xi, and then Omicron. So there's been so, um, there's been a ton of variants that that I guess didn't do anything. Oh, okay. But after Omicron is Pi. Ooh, Pi. Rho, Sigma, Tau, Upsilon, Phi, Chi, Psi, and Omega. I guess if we get to Omega, that's like the boss one. Uh, yeah. That is the end, yeah. literally. Alpha and the Omega. But you can get the Greek alphabet at a displate. You can get one, you can hang it on your wall. It's only $44. Oh, well, that's good. In matter gloss. So yeah, that's coming. That'll be that'll push everything back right before or right after Christmas, right? Yeah, that'll be good. So you're doing your returns. You go and you get another booster. <laughs> go for your weekly booster. Well, look the the way that I figure it, my job keeps pushing back when we're returning to the office, and they they pushed it back to February. Yeah. Which will be perfect because all the shit will come down at Christmas and then they'll just push me going to the office back until like the summer. That'll be great. Yeah. But, you know, people who just get vaccinations and be going through this shit. Hmm.
What scientists know, according to the CNN article, is that the virus is much more likely to mutate in places where vaccination is low and transmission high. Well, there you go. Welcome to America. Oh. Somebody help us. <laughs> Anybody. I mean, what? there is no end game here. There's, there's no, like fucking aliens could show up and these people would be like, well, you know, whatever aliens are here now, I'm not getting my vaccine. We're just going to find an excuse not to do it. My, uh, my local Facebook page is filled with, Oh, here comes another quote unquote version of the, the pandemic. And it's like, fuck you people, man. You're the reason that we're in this. Right. That's all those like there was a there was a a big thing going around about like what what qualifies as religious exemption. And okay. it's like, come on. Dude, just get the fucking shot. Mm-hmm. Like why do this? I'm not saying there is a God, but when you die and he says, why didn't you get the shot? And he sa- and you say, well, religious, religious exemption. He's going to say, who do you think sent the goddamn shot? Right. Like, what are you doing? <sighs> These fucking people, man. Driving me crazy. That they are. don't want to live here anymore. I got to share air with these people. Switzerland is nice. Yeah. No, trust me. I'm looking. (laughs) All right. You got anything else for this week? No, No, I'm good. All right. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at Dance Monkey Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. Thanos was right. (laughs) 